0: God is the one that promotes. God is the one that takes down. And it's important that we understand that if Jesus is teaching his disciples about meekness, humility, how much more we in the church need to be humble in the presence of God and in the presence of people fully, completely.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us as we return to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount to learn more about the true character of a Christian. Today, Raul will zero in on the surprising strength of true humility, an attitude that sets aside self and paves the way for God's perfect will. Stick around to see how to follow Jesus' example of humble obedience. Here's Raul with today's lesson.
0: If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. We are studying the Sermon on the Mount, and it's quite a sermon. Imagine how Jesus must have felt when he separated the disciples and the multitudes that had come to him. When John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then coming out of the water in the next event in his life, going to the wilderness of Judea. Those of you that have been with us to Israel, you know that it's a very desolate place. The Dead Sea's there, and then you have En Gedi, and you have way down where they think Sodom and Gomorrah was. And standing there and watching even David himself running away from Saul, living in En Gedi by the falls there. And then looking across at the Jordan, And knowing that here is a place where Jesus came down and spent 40 days and 40 nights being tempted by Satan himself. At the end of his temptation time, remember the angels came and ministered to him or they gave him something to eat. It shows not only his godhood, but it shows his humanity. 100% man, 100% God. And when you go to the Sea of Galilee, usually in Capernaum, we used to be able to sit there and oversee the actual Sea of Galilee. Tiberias on one side, galleries on the other side, and then Capernaum right below us. And somehow the Catholic Church, they built a church there, and they put a fencing all the way around, and they made a little chapel inside, which is not the perfect view when you're doing a Bible study. You get a picture in your mind here of Jesus sitting there with his disciples and beginning to teach them the principles of the kingdom of God. And it's not about bringing law to them, but it's the grace of God that was given to the disciples so they can experience not only the grace of God, but they would give the grace of God to others. Let's begin by reading chapter 5. Let me go back a little bit. He says in verse 5, He says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So now we come to this place, which we call the third step, leading to the way of blessedness. Now, how can a person be blessed when there are so many problems in life today? Think of the poverty today in America. The heart of God must be broken. And so you think of what Jesus thought at his own time when the Roman government was ruling. Ruling over Palestine. And the laws that they were bringing into Israel and putting the pressure on the people. And at the same time, Jesus getting together with his disciples and giving them principles of the kingdom of God. So they would have integrity in whatever they did. I think that's something that in the church today is lacking. It's lacking because people are kind of moved by emotion. And most people don't live by the word of God. When we're supposed to be living by God's word as we read it, as we study it. And then making our decisions based on what Jesus taught. And this is what he's doing here. He's teaching his disciples so they can make decisions in their own lives. And among the people that are going to be with great integrity. So he begins in verse 5, by saying, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, first of all, as you study this passage, we see that the usage of the Bible here reveals, number one, that it's linked with separation as a believer. A separation of lowliness, humility. Meekness. Yet when you look at some people today, there's such pride in their lives. Pride. that takes a person down. You can always tell the difference when there's a person that is prideful and a person that is meek. You can tell by their actions and by their attitude when you talk to them. Imagine when Jesus talked to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. They were full of pride. There was no meekness. There was no humility in their lives. And that's one of the reasons that Jesus rebuked them because he wanted to see simplicity and humility in the life of the people in his time. And this is why he came to be an example. So here are the disciples sitting down on top of this hill and he begins to teach them. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, this is what Jesus said. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. He starts out talking to his disciples about being meek and gentle, lowly in heart. Then Paul the apostle in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 Paul says to the church of Ephesus I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the calling with you were called with all lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing one another in love There's no possible way that you and I as believers can ever practice Gentleness, long-suffering, because if there's no love in our lives, then we cannot bear one another in love. It's so important for us to understand the love of Christ, the love of God. That's why in John 3:16 he says, "For God so loved the world that He gave, love is always giving, not taking. And sometimes when we look at the church today, the church is expecting to take instead of what instead of giving. That's one of the reasons that when we take the offering up, we don't take anything from anybody. We receive from the people. As the people give willingly in obedience to the word of God. You don't want to take anything from anybody. Jesus didn't come to take. He gave of himself for each one of us individually by going to the cross and dying for the sins of the world. This word loneliness is also associated with not only gentleness, but listen in 2 Corinthians 10. And now I, Paul, myself, as pleading with you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. So he's quoting, going back to Jesus again. Who in presence I am lonely among you, but being absent, I am bold toward you. Again, he brings up the word gentleness. Loneliness. Titus 3 2. To speak evil of no one, but to be peaceable, gentle, and showing all humility to all men. I think that's one of the reasons when Satan was in heaven. Remember, because of his pride and arrogance, he was kicked out of heaven and thrown down into the earth. And yet, Satan today continues in that pride, continues to deceive, continues to lie to people. And when you talk to someone about the Lord, immediately in defending themselves, there's pride. No loneliness, no gentleness, no kindness, no humility. There's such a pride in people's hearts and lives that Jesus said, if you really want to become a Christian, you really want to get into the kingdom of God, he says you have to humble yourself and become like a little child. That means humility. It doesn't mean pride. It means putting away self. It is putting away arrogance. It is putting away pride. And humbling yourself before the Lord and saying, Lord, hear my Speak. And God will speak to your heart. God is the one that promotes. God is the one that takes down. And it's important that we understand that if Jesus is teaching his disciples about meekness, humility how much more we in the church need to be humbled in the presence of God and in the presence of people, fully, completely. Then thirdly, the Word of God is constantly received in meekness, an open heart, an open mind to receive the Word of God. James, the brother of Jesus, and Jude, his brother, said, In James chapter 1 verse 20. For the wrath of men does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word of God. Which is able to save your souls. And so it's important for each one of us to understand. That he begins the passage with poverty of spirit. Which, notice, it's insufficiency in my life. It's nothingness that I am in the presence of God. And I realize of, not only of my unworthiness and unprofitness in our lives. But secondly, remember what he said. And then when we truly, truly come to the Lord, we understand that we are sinners. We mourn for our sin. We don't brag about our sins. And it's so incredible that when you come to Jesus Christ, Paul said, all things become brand new. And at the same time, becoming born again of the Holy Spirit, the first thing that God will do, He'll begin to work in your life and to put this love, not for yourself, love for God and love for other people.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. It's our joy to support you in your walk with the Lord Jesus. Visit us anytime at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. Later on, we'll share how to purchase Roll's motivational new book at a pre-order discount. But first, let's return to today's lesson. Meekness is not the opposite of pride, but
0: of stubbornness and feardness and vengefulness. A.W. Pink. One of the commentaries says this. It is the taming of a lion and the making of the wolf to lie down as a kid. Humility, meekness that he's talking about. It is by looking at Jesus Christ through the grace of God in my life that I deserve hell. And yet he's given me heaven. As I have humbled myself before the Lord. And having a life now of humility and meekness as I do whatever God calls me to do in my own personal life. So meekness must not be confounded with weakness. It's not weakness. Meekness is a strength that God gives to us as we humble ourselves in the presence of so many people. And as they see us with meekness and humility, somehow it can touch their lives. Because as Christ is, so we must be like Christ. So the meekness consists here of three things. Bearing, notice, the bearing of injuries, the forgiving of injuries, and then the recompensing of good for evil. And then secondly, meekness is opposed to the bearing of fruit. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger is resting in the bosom of fools. Fools that can't control their anger can only happen through meekness. And then thirdly, meekness is opposed to malice. Romans 12.10, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And then let's look at the results of being meek. He says, for what? For they shall inherit the earth in the kingdom age. The thousand year reign of Christ. They're going to inherit the earth. Now, spiritually speaking, he talks here. He says, this is the way it's put. The meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace that God will give to them. The abundance of peace that God gives to us. Fully and completely. The spirit of meekness is what enables us to be what possessors. Not only of his kingdom. But to be able to share with other people. And to enjoy our Christianity while we are here on this earth. Until we die. That God has given us the freedom. To enjoy who we are in Christ Jesus. And to deliver us from greed. To deliver us from anger. To deliver us from all these things that can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Psalm thirty-seven, sixteen: A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. The little righteousness that you have is better than all of the wickedness of any person. And righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ, not through pride. As you humble yourself before the Lord, then you can become a child of God. The haughty or the proudful and the covetous do not inherit the kingdom of God. They do not inherit the earth. The humble child of God is far happier, joyous, notice, in his life, because he knows his position and what Christ has done for that person. Can you imagine how the disciples must have felt sitting there by the Sea of Galilee? And as he was talking to them, he separated the multitudes from them having an ear to hear what the scripture is saying and what the spirit says. And then once the Lord departed, remember the disciples began to practice what Jesus had given to them. Peter, when he failed, he failed because he had no meekness in his life. He denied the Lord. He was boastful, he was proud. But surely we see a different Peter on the day of Pentecost. A Peter that gets up, and speaks humbly to the people, interpreting the scriptures, what you've seen, and this is what the scripture says, and he interprets everything that happened to them on the day of Pentecost. And from that point on, Peter was not only used by the Lord, but then Peter and Paul became friends, and even Paul at one time rebuked Peter for the things that he was doing. 1 Corinthians 3.21, Paul said, Therefore let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world of life or death. It says, or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Notice what he's saying here. We are Christ in God's. We don't have to worry about the future. The future is for each one of us individually when we sit with Jesus Christ in all eternity and we're going to rule with him forever and ever and ever. So Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 6 said this, Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things shall be added to you. Does that mean I'm going to get rich? No. Spiritual things. Things that God gives to us as believers in the kingdom of God. I love that scripture, seek ye first, because what is your thing that you're seeking for today? What seems to be your priority in your life? Your job, your children, your wife, your husband. If you seek ye first the kingdom of God, everything else will flow in your life. And God will bring joy upon your life because that emptiness in your life will be filled by Jesus Christ himself, will be fulfilled with Jesus Christ my Lord. Now to conclude the understanding of the word meek, James chapter 3.13 says there's a calm of mind that is not easily provoked. Listen to what he says. Who is wise in understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done, here it is, in the meekness of wisdom. In the meekness of wisdom. Secondly, peculiar promises are made to the meek. For example, Isaiah 66.2, 750 years before. For all those things my hand has made, all those things exist, saith the Lord. But on this one will I look, On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Those that are contrite spirit, those that are meek, those that are humble. God says, he says, and who tremble at my word. Knowing God's word, that God's word sets us free. Feeding upon God's word. Growing through God's word. Having the knowledge and the wisdom through God's word. How to speak to people in need in their own personal lives. And then thirdly, the cultivation of spirit enjoined here. Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as the elect God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. I like that scripture. He starts out with tender mercies. The mercies that God has given to us, we need to demonstrate that too in other people's lives. And then fourthly, it's really cool. This is in the amplifying of Christ. For example, meekness. Moses was very meek. But how about Christ? Matthew thirteen twenty nine again. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your own souls. How about Abraham? In the past, Genesis thirteen eight. So Abraham said to Lot, "Please let there be no strife between you and me, and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. It's not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll take the right. If you go to the right, then I'll go to the left." Here we see Abraham in a time very important, where he is now separated from his nephew. And as Lot's standing there looking, you know, to the land that is given to them, he looks for Sodom and Gomorrah, and he says, I'll take the side of the, the land. And he said, okay, go ahead. And because of the meekness of Abraham, the Lord said to him, Abraham, you see all of the stars in the heavens? I'm going to give you the best. I'm going to give you all this land for you and for your descendants. And imagine what Israel has in the future to take upon themselves. God has given them so much land that today they live just in a little piece of the land. But in the future, God is going to give them what He promised to them, all of the land in the area that is given to them, because God loves them.
1: Well, it's good to be reminded that while the world teaches us to look out for number one, Jesus calls us to follow Him in a life of humility, gentleness, and peace. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. A copy of today's lesson can be yours for a gift of $5 or more. Simply call 800-634-9165 and ask for the message, Blessed are the Humble. Now, to equip you with more insight into Jesus' will for you as His disciple, we'd like to offer you Rawls' brand new book titled Sermon of Sermons. With helpful instructions for a godly approach to everything from relationships to your finances to your spiritual witness, this resource will guide you in glorifying God in your daily life. We're offering this book at the discounted pre-order rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. This is a limited time offer. So to make your purchase, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' new book titled Sermon of Sermons. That's 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. To keep Scripture at your fingertips, take a moment to download our app. You'll gain instant access to a personal devotional plan, digital Bible studies, and more teaching from Rawl. You can also join Rawl on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific for Straight Talk, a Q&A program with biblical guidance for a God-honoring life. Plus, you can use iTunes and Spotify to download podcasts of each of these programs. We're a listener-supported ministry, and that means that your continued prayers and financial supports are crucial to keeping us strong and on the air. On behalf of all of us here at the ministry, thanks so much for your partnership. Next time, as we continue our exploration of how to put hands and feet to our faith, we'll think on the power of humility in Jesus' life. We hope you'll join us for a look at the example Jesus set in His willingness to put others before Himself in obedience to God's will. Now here's Raul once again to wrap up today's lesson.
0: And then finally, how about Paul? Paul the apostle in chapter 9 of Acts is on his way to kill Christians and to arrest them in Damascus. On his way with his army, all of a sudden Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And immediately Paul the Apostle, the arrogant Paul the Apostle, the man full of pride, dropped to his knees and said, Is that you, Jesus? And from that point on, Paul the Apostle became a disciple of Jesus Christ by humbling himself before him and saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. How about you today? Are you going to do your own will, or are you going to do God's will in your life? in love
1: you This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.